It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of the way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. The Bruins got off to a good start last night. A 5-2 win down in Washington. He's going to be with us again each and every Thursday. He'll join us on the Harbor One Hotline. Our friend Andrew Raycroft of Nesson. Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. Perfecting the art of fresh by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow. Our guy Razor on the Harbor One Hotline. Welcome back, Andrew Raycroft. How are you, friend? Gentlemen, it's good to be back. I'm great, thanks. You? Uh, we're great. A uh, great performance yesterday, I thought, from the Bruins. It was exciting hockey. Everybody was wondering, all right, what are we going to get? What stood out to you in last night's Bruins win over Washington? Well, I'll start with Linus Allmark. Wonderful game to start out this season. Really looked comfortable. Um, I think we, we saw early in last season, didn't look quite as comfortable. And, and you can really tell him being here a season, he really picked up last night where he left off at the end of last season. So huge bonus there. The other thing was we heard a lot through camp that Jim Montgomery wanted the defense jumping into the rush and getting involved more in the offense, even in the offensive zone. And we saw a lot of that last night. It, it might have been a cause for a couple of the goals, but it also helped create offense and was a cause for goals for as well so those are the two main things that stood out to me yeah so to that point how sustainable do you think that is and is that something that hey this is how we play and we're going to play it all the time even if it come back to comebacks to bite us or is there you know certain times of the game where you're protecting a lead where you're not going to play that way it's a good question and and i think it Last night, it seemed as though this is how we're playing. We're going to go. We're going to figure it out. Um, I also think when you look at the video this morning and everybody gets a little more comfortable with it and understands when to go, when not to go, it'll be easy to look at and say, hey, guys, we don't necessarily need to do this with seven minutes left in the second period on the road with a 3 nothing lead. Uh, so I think there's still some give and take. I think last night was a perfect game for the coaching staff for teaching moments, again, to look at that video tomorrow morning when they get to the rink. All right, this is the, this is good, the good stuff. This is what I'm talking about. This is a situation where it's more of a defense. Get in the zone, one Mississippi, two Mississippi out, not get to five Mississippi and still be down in the zone. So it's, it's certainly going to be a work in progress here at the start, but, but it was definitely noticeable last night watching the game. To your point, Gresh, how much more pace the team seemed to have at times. Andrew Raycroft here with Gresh and Keefe. He's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. That check line looked pretty, pretty good. Mm -hmm. What stood out to you about the play of David Krejci? And is it as simple as, you know, I I, I thought uh, Pasta last night looked great. It looked like he had more space to operate with. Is that because Krejci's there, or is that just a one-game thing and more reflection on Washington? Well, I, I, it might reflect Washington a little bit, and I, you know we're not going to uh, we're not ordering the rings today. Washington might not be a very good team; they they, mm. they struggle a little bit. But it, David Krejci is a huge factor, and those guys did the same thing in the World Championships in the spring. They create so much; they're on the same page. Zaka seems to do a good job creating space as well. He's a big body; he's long; he's heavy; 
he gets into the corner. So uh, you can't draw up three games that these guys have played together any better. And, and they really had better chemistry than anyone else on the ice last night. And uh, just stand, you know, watching David Krejci, I mean, how easy hockey is for that guy. Man, the hockey sense he has to be able to leave the league for 12 months, 15 months, and, and jump back in and be at the level that he's at is, is something that's quite impressive. Well, the season obviously officially underway and no extension yet for David Pasternak. Are you still confident that something's going to get done? I am still confident. Obviously, you'd like to have the season started, that all wrapped and bowed and not have to worry about it. I think the good news was there was never an ultimatum between either side saying, we need to get this done by the regular season, a la Xander Bogarts, a la Red Sox. This is, they, they're both happy to talk. David doesn't seem, obviously last night, doesn't seem phased by it in any way. Seems like a guy who really does just allow his agent to do the business and he goes out and plays hockey and has fun. And if, if you're, there's some guys that are like that. Other guys are talking every day to their agent and want to know what's going on in every single thing that's said. So that can be a detriment to those guys. But if David's the guy who's whatever, I'm going to play, I'm going to score 60 goals and, and make money no matter what, carefree attitude that we know David is, I, I think it's a little bit easier. So Sooner the better, of course. Right. I am not going to sugarcoat that. Sooner the better for everybody. And uh, but but no, I'm I'm still. It's it's not at a code red by any means right now. Uh, for you, Razor, is it about money in terms of uh, David Pasternak? Because you've already got a guy making nine and a half million in McAvoy. I think everybody knows sort of the. The room, right? Like, this isn't one of those deals where you kind of walk into the high-stakes poker room and say, yeah, I'd love to play uh, $10 hands if I can. Like, don't the Bruins and Pasta both kind of know the range that he's in and it's just a matter of figuring it out from there? Or could the money actually go up for David Pasternak if he plays out of his mind this year? Oh, it could to a point, uh, and it's and hey guys, the reality is it's always about money. It's pro mm-hmm. sports. It's always about money, no matter what anybody says. Uh, I think the issue in the NHL, and, and you see a lot of these deals, is the salary cap. The last few years, you know, we, as we know, gate doesn't is so important to the league that the salary cap has been very static and, and it's been flat, and and they've they've. They finally came out with an idea of what the cap's going to look like the next five years. But these big deals, these big, massive deals that David Pasternak's going to sign, is the money up front? Is the money on the back end? Is it a signing bonus money? How does the cap work? So it is important. They go back and forth, but the Bruins do have to do a lot of work internally, even though they have an idea of what the number is of what the salary cap's going to look like going forward and how they use long-term injury reserve like Charlie McAvoy right now, how they keep all their players under the cap. So I, I do believe that, Gresh, the number's about right, right? It's anywhere from eight years, 80 million, eight years, 88 million, from my point of view, but how they break that eight years up and how they break those dollars up, I think there's a lot that goes into that. And there's a lot how the player wants their money up front or on the back end, et cetera. Now, they went with Olmark uh, in game one. You mentioned uh, right off the top his performance. Do you expect a full 50-50 split like we got last year between Olmark and Swayman? Or could one of these guys kind of get an edge in playing time? Uh, I think for the first eight weeks, we're going to see 50-50, if not longer. 
talking to both guys through camp and talking to the coaches and talking to everybody, you know, throughout the league, it's really hard to be a goalie nowadays in the league. The pace of play, the East-West plays, it's really hard to play more than 50, 55 games in this league. And it's the trend of having both guys. The Bruins are in a perfect situation for that. The schedule lines up pretty well, at least in October, a couple three and fours. So you know everyone's going to get their, their play there. So I, I wouldn't expect anyone to distance themselves, barring injury here, all the way through the new year. Certainly by February, March, you would like to see one of these guys carry the ball. But right now, over the next 10 games, I would expect five and five. Andrew Raycroft here with Gresham Keith. He's back with us each and every Thursday at 11 o'clock talking hockey here with us on WEEI. Jake DeBrus, number one, what did you uh, make of him getting wiped out? Fell hard on the left side, tried to come back out. He got Ovechkin and then was, uh, wasn't back out there for the third period. If this turns into something that is a week or two, how do you think uh, Jim Montgomery goes about shuffling these lines if DeBrus can't go? Not ideal. Certainly not ideal with the, with the way the injuries have gone already or, or what they've been left over with from last season. Uh, I suppose the decent news is they've, they've had good performances from the right side in training camp. Mark McLaughlin, again, we talk a lot about, you know, he had a great camp. He got sent down. But, yeah, he didn't get sent back, called back up. And he's a right winger who did a great job. You can move Smith up to that top line with Bergeron. You can move A.J. Greer over Frederick in. So, Again, that's why that competition in camp was so important because they do have more than just the 12 or 13 guys option. They feel like they're a little bit deeper now up on that forward spot. Don't want to leave, lose DeBrus for very long. Don't want to be piecing together a first, second line together for very long. But with Taylor Hall, with Patrice Bergeron, you can put someone in there and get good minutes out of them anyway. So hopefully it's not a big deal. Hopefully it's just a bang, but they do have options. You know, a question early in the season. A question we were kicking around yesterday was knowing that it's likely Bergeron and Krejci's last season. It's a last run at it. What is a successful year for the Bruins? Because I think you know, in some cases, you might say, "Oh, well, well, it's cup or bust." It's like, well, when you're coming off a first round exit, I, I feel like that might be a little too lofty of, of a goal. However, you are very much committed to a one year kind of run here. So, in your eyes, what would be considered a successful season? Oh, and it's, this, one's, this one's really tough in hockey, and I know we've talked about it before. The, the reality is they need to get in the playoffs. There, there's no question. And then playoffs in hockey is so much different than all the other sports in that you need things to fall your way. Even last year, Colorado was a wagon. End of the season, last game of the year, they would have ended up playing the, Nashville, the, the Dallas Stars, who gave Calgary a really hard run. I'm not going to go into the long story, but you need things to fall your way. Mm-hmm to win and go on a long run. So for me, the Bruins to have a real good year is to get home ice. I would say that's the expectation. Now get home ice in the playoffs. We've seen how good they are on home ice in the playoffs, in the garden. Don't put a game seven in someone else's building like they had last season. Find a way to get home ice, then just let the chips fall where they may come playoff time. So I think that's the easiest way to think about it because it's such a long year and the playoffs are so odd and quirky in the NHL. Home ice advantage would be a really good spot to start from. Was last night one of the biggest size uh, matchups in terms of goalies? (laughs) Good Lord. Horses. (laughs) 
I mean, Allmark looks like it looks like he grew four inches this summer. I mean, he looked like a monster out there, and yeah, I mean, it's just around the league. Don't even don't even think of having your kid become a goaltender anymore unless he's unless you're six foot seven because it's. I mean, you have no chance. Yeah, when did that? St- when did that start? Yeah, we had Darren Pang on for a comparison yesterday. He was on our show. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, but when, that your was head didn't even touch the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Not ideal. You got to jump to make saves. <laughs> no, but like, all, you're uh, right. Like, it's been. I mean, even Tukarask was six three or whatever he was. Like, it just seems like there's yeah. a, a, a. What do you remember when that shift kind of came about? It was uh, right. Around, I mean, I, so I came in at 2000, and you really didn't want to have a five in front of your height getting into the league then. But you're fine if you're six, or if you're five eleven, and you could tell someone that you're six foot, put lifts in your shoes, you can get to six foot. That was okay. Couple five elevens. By the end of 2010, you had to have a six. Now it's like you need to have a six on the second half of your <laughs> of your height. Uh, it, it needs to be six yeah. six. Uh, there, there's Yossi Saros is the only guy that 5'11". Shesterkin's probably around six, but but everyone else is at that sweet spot six three six four. And uh, maybe someday we actually will see that sumo wrestler that people have talked about <laughs> yeah, right. go inside the net. So like thirty years ago, they probably would have converted Chara to a goalie. That's what they would have done. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it, it, it's crazy. It's, it used to be you put the the short little guy who can't skate in that. Now it's the exact yeah, opposite. Yeah. You find the biggest guy in the neighborhood and put him in that. Holy cow! Well, our friend Andrew Raycroft is back. We're excited to have Razor back with us. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Awesome that you're back, friend. Thanks a bunch. We will uh, catch you next week. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Oh, anything special on Saturday? Like, did you do any interviews with goalies? Did they put you on the ice, or or are they just having you stand there beside the guy that? Looks Looks like John Larroquette. <laughs> yes, the latter. The there, latest. All yeah, right. Very good. In there. there we right. go. Thank you, friend. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Have a great weekend.